This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. We're just going to keep the focus on us. Listen, you know, you, you, if you want to look at Columbus, oh, look at that. They're the injuries, look at their power. Look at all. Throw all that out the window. This team has played very, very hard the last three games. Their power play has been one of the best in the league the last little bit. So you better respect them. And they're banged up, we're banged up. That's hockey. Uh, you have to respect your opponent. That being said, we, we continue to just focus on us and how we're going to play. Uh, it's Winnipeg Jet Hockey, no matter who we play. And yeah, here, here's what they do, and some of their strengths and things like that. You have to you have to do that, but we focus is on us and how we play, regardless who we play. Head coach Rick Bonus, uh, not too long ago, following the morning skate, the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets pregame at five, puck drop at seven o'clock. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Forchi, do we have our uh, do we have our next guest here? Is he on? Is he on the oh, line? Nope, nope. <laughs> Did we lose him? One moment. Is he gone, Jim? Jim, are you there? I'm here. Am I a guest? I was joking and saying you were. Oh, Forte, did you think that our I guest coming you, up at 1230? I actually thought you meant we had a guest here. Oh, no. <laughs> going, oh, my word. <laughs> what did I do? No, Jeff Reimer, Blue Jackets play-by-play man, is going to be joining us at 1230 to talk about the game tonight. I was joking. This is an awful way to treat a guest. <laughs> oh, I was trying to make a joke, and it fell flat. You're oh, okay. Um, Jim. How are you? It's great to have you back, man. It really is awesome to have you back. Good to be back. Uh, great couple shows. I was listening, and uh, good to be back uh, off the IR. It wasn't IR. It was day to day upper yeah. body. Well, full body to be honest with you. But uh, you know, you to took you, you took that puck to the hand, and I, you know, you the way you came off the ice, you were shaking a little bit. I was a little worried about you, so I wasn't surprised that it was a little day to day. But I'm uh, happy to happy you came back a little ahead of schedule. Hey, when I thought when I heard day to day, I thought that always is week to week. What's wrong? But no, it was actually day to day. So I'm back and ready to go on a game day. Awesome. Great to have you back here again. Columbus Blue Jackets coming up at uh, 7 o'clock here. Pre-game show gets going on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets putting their 14-6-1 uh, record on the line. Just to get some stuff out of the way here uh, in terms of the morning skate, Adam Lowry uh, was taking part in the morning skate. It was optional today uh, after not participating in practice yesterday. Uh, he's been battling a flu and, and some other things. It was never really a concern. Uh, Brandon Dillon, Nate Schmidt, also not involved in the optional morning skate, but they are going to be good to go tonight. Uh, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, uh, Dominic Toninato, uh, Kyle Capobianco, and uh, Logan Stanley, the guys out there for some extra work. Axel comes out. Uh, Sam Gagne comes back in where he's going to fit into this lineup. I mean, this was a question um, I wanted to kind of pose to you, Jim, because Axel comes out. He was on a line with Lowry and Menelainen um, uh, the last time on Tuesday when the Winnipeg Jets were, were taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, do you move Harkins up to play with Lowry and Menelainen? Do you mix things up a little bit? Does Do you keep Gagne on the fourth line or do you put him right up there with Lowry uh, Lowry again? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to be very in tune to where uh, these lineups come and when, when there's going to be the warm up with the line rushes and stuff like that, because I, I know that that Rick bonus every single, not that any, not that any other coaches don't do this, but Rick is very active in moving guys around to make sure that they're prepared uh, while maintaining synergy for the team to come and, and what they're going to be throwing at them. 
Yeah, it's um I wonder where he's going to go back in the lineup yeah. because things went very very well against the defending Stanley Cup champions and and really overall the good thing about Gagne is he's moved up and down. Yeah. Um you know Rick Bonus said it wasn't a punishment and and they were focusing on faceoffs and they had to make room and and Janssen Fialdi's now coming out. I wonder if he's banged up or or what the story is. I, I would assume he's going to be in the the I think he's, I, the, yeah, I think he's okay. It's just like uh, Gagne's got to get in there. That that's that's more of the. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. two games is enough for a yeah. veteran like that who's played exactly. well. I think yeah. it also benefits him. So it, it'll be interesting where he fits back in the lineup. But I think he'll take on his role again in the penalty killing unit and and second power play unit and everything like that. But um, look, things are rolling well for the Jets. So you guys covered it the past two days with the win and and everything that's going into where the lineup is is right now. Um, but that's what we talked about with Sam Gagne, Cam, since he was signed in the offseason, his versatility. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder about the top six role, though, because at, at times it's looked good, and then there's been I- entire periods where it just hasn't fit. And um, we'll see where this goes tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Morgan Barron, I mean, likely to be back up there with Connor and Dubois. I would think, yeah. Yeah, how would you feel about his first game up there with those two guys? I thought he looked good. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it, it hasn't been talked about a lot. And and look, when you make a trade and, and include a Morgan Barron in it, when you bring Mason Appleton back into the fold and, and you put, like, I think it's not talked about enough, but there's obviously a certain mold of player that they've been trying to acquire and build in this bottom six. And part of that is obviously to get more offense out of the bottom six, to be grinding, to be physical, to be on the four check, which is what you're getting. But I, I think a lost thing they're trying to add with these guys that they brought in, Janssen Fialbi another prime example, is, is that, you know, their versatility and how they can move up the lineup. So, uh, the three names we just mentioned, Gagne, Barron, um, Janssen, Fialbi, and then also, you know, look at how Mason Appleton did up there. Now, I think what all of those players who have done time, and I know Janssen, Fialbi's only been up there for one game in the top six, it's pretty evident that, you know, it'll work for a game or two, but this isn't a sustainable long-term thing. Like, these aren't top six players, but the versatility to go up there and provide some punch over a four or five game span has been there, and I, I think it's part of the the way they've sort of been building this team. Yeah, and especially when I mean, uh, when when Perfetti and Shifley and Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler over the last three games, Jim, he's had eight points. He's had eight yeah. points. I mean, he's had three goals and, and five assists here. Perfetti, uh, a goal, four assists there, uh, and and Shifley, two goals and two assists over the last uh, three games. I mean, these guys are dynamic. I mean, there's something to be said. And you know, the thing is, I we're not seeing that, Jim. I mean, there was all this talk constantly. Oh, you're putting Shifley and and, and Wheeler together. It's going to be a massive uh, defensive lapse, and everybody's going to have to cover for them. That that's been a big narrative, whether true or not true. That's been a very very uh, strong narrative over the last little bit. Um, and you know, that's not, that hasn't been the case whatsoever this season whatsoever. You can't even make that case. Like they, they've been no. absolutely solid. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about this in the off season on the air and off and a lot of people around our station, um, the weight lifted off Blake Wheeler and to just focus on hockey and have fun. And you know, it, what maybe hasn't been touched on as much as, Rick Bonus kind of knew this guy would still lead. So he's taken Cole Perfetti under his wing. I mean, he was so impressed on Tuesday with the pass that Perfetti fed him, how young and talented he is. We talked about this, Cam, on the air and off in the offseason. And when training camp started, we feel that this would help Wheeler, whether he understood it at the time or not. And it has. Like, I, I made a joke on Tuesday night. I've been told Blake Wheeler's a third-line player or doesn't have a role in the NHL anymore. 
And I, well, you, you, the proof is in the pudding. I'm not talking about the hat trick. I'm not talking about a four-game span. I'm talking about 20 points in 21 games and solid metrics analytically. This is a guy that, in the right situation, is a top six player. Elite scoring is rare in the National Hockey League, and the hardest thing to do in the National Hockey League is score. And that's why the season Perfetti is having at such a young age is impressive, and that's why the season that Blake Wheeler is having at such an older age is impressive. The hardest thing to do is score, and those guys are top six players that Mm -hmm. mixed in however you want, number one line, number two line, or which power play – he's still got a lot left in the tank. And and if he turns out to be a point-of-game player at $8 million, that's what point-of-game players make. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Kelly Moore just sent this to, to us by text here, Jim. Uh, Patrick Laine, who was kind of questionable heading into this game, he's going to find his way back in the lineup uh, as well. I, I just got some clips sent in. I'll, I'll cut those up uh, we'll, we'll be, when uh, Sarah McCarthy's doing the news at 12.30. We'll hear from Patrick Laine when we bring on uh, Jeff Reimer, Blue Jackets, play-by-play man. I got I want to ask him about about Patrick Laine, where he fits back into this lineup. Um, you know, Obviously, when you have a guy like that, he's going to find his way back into the into the power play. I also asked him about how Patrick Lani has been. He's only played eight games so far. I think he's got two goals and two assists, but uh, he's been battling injury like most of the Blue Jackets lineup. That's something we're definitely going to get into. Uh, and Giannis Corposalo, uh, he's getting the start um, in net for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, David Riddick's going to be getting his fifth start. Uh, this was kind of, I, I thought it was going to be the Ducks. I thought the Ducks was going to be the start. I knew David Riddick was going to go, uh, was going to get in there, but I think maybe there was a, a thought uh, Jim, that it was going to be a little bit too long of a wait if you had to wait till Sunday. They wanted to get him in now. Well, of that and along with what was a listener who weighed in two days ago about yep. the fact that Pat or uh, Connor Hellebuck loves afternoon games mm-hmm. and has has played well. And you know what? I I kind of when we discussed this on Tuesday, Cam, like I was like it'll either be Friday or Sunday, and then that you know thought came in and Connor Hellebuck does love afternoon games. But after we went off the air, I started thinking about it that night and and watching the the Avalanche game, and I'm like, you know, that's a long run against four divisional games, and and so just give him the rest and have him fresh going into next week. And next week starts on Sunday, basically. I know it's the end of this week, but uh, I kind of was leaning towards David Riddick getting the start against Columbus, and then Hellebuck coming back. Loves afternoon games, as our listener pointed out. As most people know, we'll be in there against Anaheim, and then you start fresh again. But also, it's not so much to get not. It, it works both. Both ways. It gets Riddick back in before sitting too long, and it gives Hellebuck a rest before going so many games in a row, especially after those four divisional games in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally all about that. We'll uh, take a break here. We'll come back. We'll get to some of your guys' text messages. Text the show, uh, 204-780-6868. We'll leave you with these thoughts. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Liney, they're going to be reunited on a line with Boone Jenner. Here's Bones on uh, how they're going to handle Johnny Gaudreau. Played them seven games in Calgary last year in the playoffs. Saw an awful lot of them and have nothing but respect for his skills, his speed. He's a lot like Patrick Kane. He just goes, he gets that puck and he's gone. He knows how to disappear and then get the puck back in full stride. Those guys like to just get away from the flow. And everybody else is watching over here, and he's gaining speed over here, right? And then they're getting it at full speed. So those guys, you, again, on ice awareness, you got to know where he is. He, he, you can't get caught puck watching when he's on the ice because all of a sudden he's going to pop into the play, and he's going to be going full speed, and he's got great hands, great speed, great vision. So uh, he's an elite player, and he's very tough to defend, clearly. A lot has gone wrong for the Columbus Blue Jackets this year. I want to find out what they're doing right. That's one of the questions I'm going to ask Jeff Reimer, Blue Jackets play-by-play man, when he joins us at 1230. We'll be right back. More Jets at noon. Don't go anywhere. 
Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. There's a couple text messages from you guys, 204-780-6868. This is from DJ. I saw Wheeler the other night after his hat-trick game coming off the ice from uh, his son's minor league hockey team practice. I said, great game last night to him in the hallway, and he was so humble and thanked me and almost looked like uh, he was blushing. Uh, What a stand-up guy. He's still my captain. That from uh, DJ uh, talking about Blake Wheeler. Uh, This one from uh, this texture says, will the Jets have a pregame tribute for Maurice when the Panthers come to town? I mean, I've I haven't heard anything. There's been no news on that. But uh, knowing the gym, knowing the Winnipeg Jets, they're not just going to let Paul Maurice come into town on Tuesday and not say anything. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it'll be pregame, but it'll be during a stoppage and play yeah. in the first period. And I look, I think he's going to get a standing ovation. So yeah. um, it'll be good to see him back. And it'll be great to see Patrick Laine back tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Pre-game at 5, puck drop at 7 o'clock right here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll be right back. Jeff Reimer, Blue Jackets play-by-play man. He's going to be joining us. We'll have more time for your text messages as well. What have the Jackets been doing right? I know there's been a lot going wrong. I, I guarantee Jeff's who's going to be joining us is tired of talking about injuries. But what else can we talk about when we talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. You know, I had a really good summer and a really good camp and felt like we uh, got some things going with our line and uh, been been out twice already, so it's uh, definitely frustrating for me. But, you know, like I said before, crying about it is not going to help. Um, just got to, you know, work myself back and, um, you know, happy to be playing tonight and um, just get get back to rhythm and hopefully have a have a good rest of the season. Well, that's a voice very familiar to uh, the Winnipeg Jets faithful, uh, Patrick Laine. Uh, he's going to find his way back into the lineup. He's going to be playing with Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner. Uh, of course, uh, I mean, the fact that Laine's only played eight games so far, not one of the leading points getters, but uh, Gaudreau, Boone Jenner, uh, the other two uh, on the team here. Um, and, uh, and, and Jim, it, it should be a good matchup tonight. It should be. That's their number one line. They yeah. broke that up a little bit when lining was healthy to try and get some other guys going. I mean, the center position is one that, that the Blue Jackets are sort of searching for. Part of signing Johnny Gaudreau cost them Bjornstead, who's now in Seattle. Um, but that is their best option for at least a, a bona fide number one line. Um, so we'll see what it can do tonight. It's first game back, but always good to see Patrick and hear from him again and uh, speaking with the media. But I would think that that line is probably their best option. The problem with it is, is it doesn't provide a lot of depth in the lineup. Yeah, that's been something that the Blue Jackets have definitely struggled with is depth scoring. Uh, and one thing other, Lani says, uh, always special to come back to Winnipeg, but not as a big of a deal to him uh, as it was last year, which I don't think is a surprise. You know, first time's always the best time. Uh, at least that's what they say, isn't it, Jim? Something like that? I guess. They say you can never go home again, but I go home all the time. So I don't know. Is it that great? Well, it's not like the glory days, no. But... <laughs> uh, no, I look, I yeah. this is the other perspective that we always forget that, you know, it's only a second time back and we're, you know, the first time mm-hmm. we he did this and this. But it, we forget that along with being only his second time back, it's been two seasons now or two plus seasons that he's been in Columbus. So to him, there's a new home. There's a new his every day is the Columbus Blue Jackets. So yeah. to us, it's just unique to see him for the second time back. 
but to him, I, I think after the first trip back, no matter when it is, it, it really falls apart. Same for Paul Maurice, like Paul Maurice yeah. will be back next year and the year after that, uh, should things go well for the Florida Panthers. But, you know, after this first trip back, I, I think they're, they've moved on and, and not as, as big of a deal to um, them as it is to the fans. Yeah. I think you have that first couple steps back in the old rink and it's a little bit weird. And then you, and then things kind of go back to like, okay, well, this is where I am now. Jeff Reimer, Blue Jays, uh, Blue Jackets play by play man uh, joins us right now. Jeff, hey, thanks so much uh, for, for popping on the program. Really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. At least you guys could have uh, warmed up the weather here for me. Oh, well, we made. I just walked back. <laughs> Jeff, I'm back from the arena, and it's a little uh, little nippy out there. I expect a little warmer weather from you guys here in Winnipeg. Jeff, I put in a special request to Mother Nature, and I said, make sure it's as cold as possible for Jeff when he comes into town because I want him to feel what we feel all the time. I figured as much. I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys in central Ohio, you get it all. It's all, not all roses up here sometimes, you know? But, uh, you know, uh, Jeff um, – some people, you could have a conversation about injuries, and some people would say, you know, injuries are never an excuse. But I can't look this year at the Columbus Blue Jackets this season and not be in disbelief of what they've undergone so far just 20, 21 games into the season. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, very unfortunate. It all started uh, the opening game. Uh, I heard you guys just moments ago talking about Patrick Line, but Line in Carolina opening night for the Blue Jackets. Scores a goal in, what, his first or second shift on a beautiful pass from Goodrow, then comes back in the second period, gets hit by Pesci, and uh, is out for several weeks. And uh, things just kind of progressed from there and got worse. Line A comes back. He's healthy and ready to go. Again, that chemistry renewed, and uh, he pulls up uh, lame with a uh, an ankle injury. He's coming back tonight, three weeks to the day. Uh, initially, we were told it would be three to four weeks, and it's three weeks tonight since we were on Long Island when he developed uh, the ankle injury. So hopefully, touch wood here, that uh, he can stay healthy for the balance of the season. Along those lines, Jeff, everybody sort of looks at Johnny Gaudreau and how his debut has been and everything else. But in reality, it's it's tied to Patrick Liney. Like one of the major reasons he was signed, um, A, for his talent and skill and what he'll bring to the Blue Jackets, but also um, how this dynamic duo could work for them, not only on a line, but potentially on the power play as well. So uh, talk a little bit, if you can, about Goudreau's um, first couple of months in Columbus, but then also how, you know, you can't really judge him as of yet of what he's going to bring this year until the, the lineup is fully healthy. Well, uh, two things. Number one, uh, and you guys alluded to this as well as I was waiting here on hold, uh, Boone Jenner has been outstanding, simply outstanding. You know what you're going to get each and every night. He's the captain and a good one, uh, but he's not a number one center. And uh, unfortunately, the Jackets don't have that. Having said that, having said that, Johnny Goodrow has uh, exceeded expectations. It might not show right now as far as points are concerned because of uh, uh, line A being out of the lineup twice, but as well uh, without the center. But I can tell you, that the production may not be at that same level, but the effort and uh, his game-to-game play has been. And there's been several games, uh, particularly here of note, of late. He has, uh, uh, I think, uh, not only exceeded expectations, but he's tried to lead the Blue Jackets to victory despite all these injuries. He loves Columbus. It was a move that uh, he fortunately... Uh, for the Blue Jackets and, and moving forward, he's well aware of some of the talent that's here that uh, certainly has an, a, a great opportunity to make impact here in, in future years. 
Uh, he loves the fact that he's closer to home. He's glad he's not directly at home. And I know that uh, there are a lot of people saying, well, if he wanted to go home, why didn't he go back to Jersey or Philadelphia or the Islanders? Well, the Islanders never were in a position that they were interested. Lou Lamorello made that very clear initially. Philadelphia didn't have the money, and he didn't want to be in New Jersey, be too close to home. This way, he's close, but he's not that close. His family has come into Columbus several times, and they enjoy it. He enjoys the city. He enjoys his teammates. And I think that uh, we're only beginning to see uh, his impact on this hockey team. I was listening uh, to your guys' little pod pa- uh, podcast. Uh, Bob uh, uh, McGilligan, he was on that show, uh, the, the Inside Edge. I was listening to your guys' last edition. And you were talking about the Blue Jackets doing better over the last three games. I mean, they were still losses, that 3-1 loss to Montreal, uh, the 3-2 loss to the Islanders, and then that one against the Vegas Golden Knights, a 3-2 uh, game in a shootout. And, you know, a game like that, I mean, you're happy just to be able to get it to that point. But what, what's been better about the Blue Jackets? Is it more to do with sort of the injuries starting to smooth over and, and some guys can kind of get settled into roles? No, I think it's a case of uh, the team adjusting to the system that uh, uh, was instituted here at the start of the year. And remember, we've had a number of changes. Uh, Brad Larson's here in the second year as coach. They changed things up a little system-wise, and I think now the players are getting a grasp of it, particularly the forwards. Uh, we're coming back and helping the defensemen, and that's why you've seen the goals against drop and drop considerably. Uh, as far as the power play is concerned, obviously that's uh, an area of weakness. The Jackets go into tonight's game 30th in the league. But when you lose your power play quarterback for the season and one of your best players in Zach Warinsky, it's awfully yeah. tough. But, again, you can't use injuries as an excuse. But even the power play has got significantly better since uh, going 0 for 30 to start the season. What about net minding, Jeff? Uh, Elvis Merzlikens has struggled all season long. He's currently coming back from an injury here now. And uh, I, I think that uh, he wants to improve his game. Jonas Corpusalo is coming off uh, hip surgery. Uh, he, uh, I think, has looked really sharp and, and, and really to his detriment. And uh, he really got nobody to blame but himself, unfortunately. But if you remember Corpusalo, the year of the bubble, he was exceptional, particularly in the Jackets' uh, series win over Tampa and then the win over the Leafs but he's been plagued by hip problems the last two years and tried to play through it his game I think has improved dramatically uh, as I said the goals against are coming down because you can't just blame the goaltender there's certainly guys uh, in front of them and not just defensemen but forwards that have got to do their job as well so the goaltending uh, as well has uh, come down I think they're almost down a goal from where they were earlier on in the season of course, uh, the goal differential is just atrocious, but uh, that's something they're working on as well. I think they're minus 23 going into tonight's game. Jeff, and this might seem like a ridiculous question, but where are the Blue Jackets? Like, are they retooling, rebuilding, uh, waiting to get healthy? What are they right now in the direction they're going? Well, uh, there's no question they're rebuilding, and I think uh, the mistake, and, and this isn't an organizational mistake, I think it's a mistake uh, – by everybody, hockey fans in Columbus, and they are just so great and loyal. I think when uh, July uh, free agency came along and Goudreau was signed, everybody immediately thought that uh, the Blue Jackets were going to take off. They got the superstar. They got the number one player on uh, the free agent market, and everybody expected, well, here we go. They're going to take off. But uh, it was a little premature. Uh, I've talked several times uh, over the summer and since the signing to – the president of hockey operations, John Davidson, everybody knows J.D., 
And he said, hey, and a lot of it was in private conversations. We've got to walk before we run. We're not there yet. We're a year or two away. They've got a lot of good draft picks here over the last couple of years that are either still in college or playing in the American League. And we're still a year or two away. And uh, obviously, uh, he proved prophetic because the Jackets uh, have not been where some people expected them. And I think part of the expectations being raised is that they exceeded expectations last year. Nobody expected them to do anything last year. And, uh, you know, uh, all things considered, it was a pretty good year for them. Didn't make the playoffs. So, anyway, bottom line, as I said, they're a couple of years away from being the impact team that they need to be. How do they... How do they rectify that issue? I mean, the Columbus Blue Jackets in terms of finding that number one center. I mean, every every team that's going to be a great team in the National Hockey League needs to have one or two of those guys uh, on their roster. Is there is there an up and comers or something? Yeah, you, you got to draft them. You got to draft them, Jeff. You know uh, that. You got to draft them. And uh, Kent Johnson, former uh, uh, Canadian World Junior and uh, kid that got a chance to play in the Olympics. He's just twenty years old. He's playing the wing now. He's a future center. The Jackets, by virtue of where they're going to end up in the standings, and this is a, a, a year, I am told, that's loaded with centers. Uh, I, I think that that's the only way that uh, they're going to get better is, is by drafting them. You can't simply trade them. And when you do trade them, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, they end up in Winnipeg. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's corrected. That's corrected, Jeff. I, I, I appreciate your time, Jeff. Uh, Jim, did you have, a, did you, did you have another question for uh no, that's good, Jeff. We appreciate it. I just want you to enjoy the weather and uh, have a great call today. You don't have any questions for us, well, like uh, best place to eat or anything like that, Jeff? Nothing like that? No. No, we're going to eat in the hotel here right now, and uh, I appreciate the visit. And when we come back next year, either change the schedule to get us in here early or late, <laughs> or if not... How about we see you in June? Or... How about next year we see well, you in June for the cup final? How's that sound? Book that one. I... Sounds good for me. <laughs> okay, Jeff, you take care, okay? All the best, Jeff. All Have right, a great call. All right, let's uh, take Bye-bye. a break. We'll come back. Text the show, 204-780-6868. Pre-game show gets going. Uh, 5 o'clock at 7. Puck drop here. Columbus Blue Jackets and Winnipeg Jets. Uh, lots to break down here. Your time for your text messages as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the program. Here's a question for you, Jim. I got one for you. Are you ready? Let's have it. Let's have it. I don't know if you can you can handle something like this. Well, let's see. <laughs> okay. Let's find out. There's only uh, one way to find out. I guess so. I think you're right. Uh, bear down. Be you ready for this one? Uh, overtime wins for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they only have eight regulation wins out of their 14 victories so far this year. Uh, now, to even to mention that, we had a, we got to talk about the last two really, really odd ducks in the game against Carolina that went to overtime and the one against Dallas, okay? I don't think you're going to see something like that happen again the rest of the season. <laughs> At least I hope not. Um, but does that concern you long-term over the course of this season, Jim, that the Winnipeg Jets, for the most part, have been picking up, picking up about, a, you know, a very large chunk of their reg- of their win so far uh, in overtime and not in regulation. Not at all. No, I I think it's a great thing. I, th- I think the fact that they're going to overtime now. The last two games, as you mentioned, from Carolina. Well, not the last two, but the Carolina one yeah. and the Dallas one. I agree with you. I, I I as I said with the Carolina one, I've never seen that before at any level of hockey in 28 years of covering it. So. I don't think that ever happens again. So maybe eight of the 14. But look, Cam, 
overtime points is how you make the playoffs for some teams. And yeah. that's how Dallas did a couple of years ago or last year. Um, I forget which season, but so I don't, I think it's a good thing if you can get to overtime. I, I think you're getting a point that night. Uh, mm-hmm. um, if they didn't have such a good overtime record, I, I think it would be more telling, but um, I, I don't think, and I understand the question for sure. I just don't think it dictates what this team is. I think when you look at the record and the points they've accumulated and how they've played to get those points, I think that's what the team is. I don't think this is a team that hangs on for dear life to get to overtime. I don't think it's a team that once they get to three on three in the skills competition, they're more skilled than any other team. I think it's a good thing that they go to overtime, and I think it's a good thing that they're winning overtime games. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there 100%. And you know what? I, I go back to, and the reason why I bring this up, I remember a comment that Paul Maurice had said when he was uh, head coaching the Winnipeg Jets here. Uh, he talked about uh, when he was looking at a team and where he ranked a team, he looked at regulation wins, and that was his, his big determining factor. Was and, and he basically said there's no three-on-three in the playoffs, which is correct. But I think as well, if you have... Uh, a game perhaps tied psychologically with, you know, late into a game and, in, in, you know, during the regular season, I think maybe you might play that a little bit different during regular season than you maybe would play those, those sort of last few minutes, uh, uh, you know, against a, if, 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 if a game is in the playoffs, I mean, you're, you're going to be going right. So. Yeah. And I think what Maurice was speaking to there was like how many wins you had in overtime. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't think going to overtime is an issue with coaches. I think that if, if your wins are, and you're you're sort of relying on three on three to get that extra point a lot. That speaks to what he's getting to. But like in the playoffs, I, I think if you can force overtime, you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, you're doing well in a playoff game. So um, I understand this, though. I also understand that you know the Jets didn't have a great playoff uh, or, or sorry an overtime record two years ago, and it cost them like seven or eight points, which they missed last year. They um, didn't have a good overtime record either, Jim, and, yeah, and it cost yeah. them big points. I don't think it was a factor in them, in them not making the playoffs, but it definitely uh, made sure that they weren't as close as it, as it appeared. They were not good last year, but the year before that, they were dynamite. Like now, bubble, this yeah. being said, like the counter argument is, is to start winning some of those games you're going overtime with in regulation. Then you're an even better team. And I, I buy into that. Mm-hmm. But at 14, 6 and 1, and this early in the season, you know, one quarter of it gone, I don't, I, I think teams get better or worse as the season goes on. And I, I would expect the Jets will get better. I, I, I think that it's a positive right now. Um, I, I mean, let's talk in three months from now if they've got another. 10 overtime games uh, having been played. But look, I I think this team's playing some really good hockey. I think they're on the right path. I think we can all see that with what Rick Bonus has implemented. Now Mm -hmm. it's about honing it in and getting consistent with it. Um, it'll be interesting tonight, Cam, against the Blue Jackets, because this is a is a this and Sunday are games you need to win. Yeah, these totally. are games that you should win. And coming off that Colorado high, the way they played against Chicago, seven two, they've put up twelve goals in the past two games. That's what I'm looking for tonight. Can you s- start getting some consistency in that style of play? and really take it to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. It doesn't have to be 7-2 like in Chicago or Mm 5-0, but I think this should be a game that, regardless of the final score, is well in hand of the Jets. The Jets should be carrying the play, and and, and I'm looking to see if there's no letdown coming off two big victories, more so going into can you dominate a team you should dominate. Yeah, I mean, two points with regulation win, shootout, 
uh, over time. Doesn't matter to me. You got to you got to find ways to win and, and and use all the tools in your tool quit, uh, toolkit. Uh, real quick here, this from Ted. Thanks everybody for text messaging the show. Has anyone talked about Coach of the Year yet at the twenty game mark? Uh, just start uh, streaming. Missed last few shows, so apologize if I already brought up. We haven't talked about it yet, Ted. Uh, but I have bonus. seen it begin to be mentioned, though. Yeah, I, the bonus is up there. There's no question about that. There's actually a few Jets up for uh, in the award conversation. Anyways, that's it for me. Jim Toth, take you all the way until 3 o'clock. He's back in the saddle. Jeffrey Forge, thank you so much for producing the show. I'll be back Monday, same time. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.